Welcome to the Starfish Storytellers, the podcast that makes a difference one story at a time by bringing storytelling to life. So my story should be uh, probably described as a cautionary tale because it's more or less the exact opposite of why I tell anyone who wants to get into journalism. So I decided that I wanted to do this as a career when I was still in college, but, you know, I had like two classes under my belt, zero internships, zero freelancing. So I started, uh, so when I started, you know, applying for work, I was doing with the absolute bare minimum of experience. And I think I only got it because I kept pestering the editor-in-chief of the office I was applying to. So finally, they gave me a freelance job, likely just to, just to shut me up more than anything else. Um, but it worked, you know, um, just it pays off, as, as they say. And, uh, you know, that's the thing about going to this line of work is you've got to be persistent. You can't just try to coast on through. It's not easy. It's a lot of work. It's, it's not much money. But if you're persistent, things tend to work out. And uh, but just don't don't do what I did, you know. If you if you think you have an inkling for pursuing journalism, you know, get the experience while you can, get the internships, get the freelancing, get whatever classes you can take, take them, because it is a weird field right now. And the more you diversify yourself and set yourself apart, the better. Hello, my name is Liana Henry, and welcome to the Starfish Storytellers. I'm the CEO of the Black Dog Group, a Marcom and project management firm headquartered on the East Coast of the U.S. in quaint colonial Bedford, Massachusetts. I'm your host and passionate about storytelling. I'm actually on a mission to raise up the next generation of storytellers. We've named ourselves the Starfish Storytellers after the Starfish Story. The moral of the Starfish Story is based on the power of one. No matter how big the challenge, each action we take makes a difference and has an impact. One step, one starfish, or one story at a time. Every episode, we welcome a new storyteller who will share their story meant to inspire and connect with you. Then we'll break it down and offer tips for any listeners who are ready to tell their own stories. So thanks for tuning in. Now let's get started. Today's episode is about voiceover and podcast stories by taking listeners on an audio adventure. With me today is award-winning journalist, writer, on-air personality, voice talent, MC, and my mentor and friend, Max Bowen. Max may have a worldwide podcast called Citywide Blackout, where he interviews musicians, artists, authors, and filmmakers, as well as having narrated a number of audiobooks, but he'll always be a journalist at heart, at least to me. Welcome to the show, Max. Welcome, Leanna. Great, um, a great ad to be here. Thanks. So I've never done a podcast in a car before, so this is going to be a new one for me. Right. First time. First so time. this is fun. So I really appreciate you sharing your story and, you know, about how you got into journalism. Um, you know, I think, I think it's really solid advice for anybody who wants to be a journalist to be able to, you know, make sure that they cover all that ground first before they jump into it. And, um, I don't know, maybe we'll chat a little bit about sort of where journalism is today. Um, 
did you want to introduce yourself um, to our listeners? Sure I can, sure I can. So as you mentioned, um, my, uh, my name's uh, Max Bowen. I've been working in journalism for about 20 years now. I began as a freelance reporter for a paper called The Kinky Mariner, which I believe sadly is no longer around. Um, over the years, worked for a number of papers on the South Shore, eventually moved out to Little River, which is how the two of us met. Uh, that was actually also in my first editorial position. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I've been working in small community papers. I'm currently working for the North Star Reporter, which is an independent weekly paper out of North Attleboro, Massachusetts. Also, as the uh, news editor for the Athol Daily News in Western Mass, uh, where I'm, you know, the editor, I do the social media work, I do the layout every day, I do some of the writing and photography, so a bit of everything. Um, if you're trying to figure out how I'm doing both these jobs, I will just say phones are amazing. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. So uh, along with that, as you mentioned, I do, I do the Citywide Blackout podcast, which I've been doing for about uh, 14 years now, which is scary. And I've also worked for a number of other publications over the years, the Noise Magazine in Boston, a few others. And uh, also, as, as you mentioned, working as a voiceover artist, I've uh, currently uh, published, I guess you might say, three books Three audiobooks on Audible. Uh, that uh, and I uh, have a few more in the works. Wow, that's amazing! That's amazing. Yeah, so very, very busy lifestyle, but I'm used to it. Yes, well, that's the thing. Being a journalist, it's always pretty fast paced. So you know, like I, like you said, like we said, you know, I've known we've known each other for a long time, Max. Uh, for our yeah. listeners. Max was my mentor, my news editor, when I was first a freelance journalist, and he taught me a lot of what I know. Uh, he was very, very kind with his AP style tips. Every time I'd send over my drafts of my stories that were usually too long or rot with typos or grammatical errors, <laughs> he was just nice to me about it. Um, you know, you've mentored a number of reporters over the years. Um, what was some of the important bits of advice or direction that you would impart to your to your staff writers or your freelance correspondents? Well, for the freelancers, I've only had a couple of staff writers, actually, as it turns out. It's mostly been like freelancers and interns, so I'll just start with that. For the people, for those folks, it, it was, this was often their first foray into journalism as it was yours. And the thing that I would tell them more than anything else was be diverse in what you want to pursue. Don't just stick to one thing forever. You know, try different things, have new experiences, because especially when you're just starting out, you don't know what you're going to like or not like until you give it a go. So especially with my interns, I would say, you know, look for the other internships, look for the freelance opportunities. When you get to college, take all the different classes that, uh, the, that are out there, because the more you experience the more you know what you want to do. You may say, oh, I would never want to do, say, sports writing. To try it out and you realize, oh, man, this is awesome. I want to do this for a living. I mean, I thought that, I, I never thought I would do, I would enjoy photography until I kind of until I kind of had to do it when the layoffs began happening. And I, and I got to say, I love it. And I have a very expensive camera set up now, but you know what? I love doing it, so it's worth it. I remember um, having to have the little video camera, you know, because when video, when the papers wanted to do video for the websites and, um, you know, and we had to, always had to have a little camera with us at all times, because if we couldn't get one of the photographers to be able to cover our stories, you know, we would need to have our 
have our little camera with us. So, um, oh, yeah, those little like dinky things that we used to have. Yes, yes, those little pocket but, ones. Right? Yeah, that, that, I'm sure our phones now vastly, vastly. Oh, so much better. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I I remember um, you know going from your journalism um, background to starting Citywide Blackout. And I remember, I think it was a radio show that you covered just bands initially, like local bands, I think it was. Um, and you broadcast from an internet radio station, which back in the day was like pretty innovative. You know, that was pretty, pretty groundbreaking. Um, you know, what was the impetus for starting the radio show? Was it, was it to do radio? Was it that you just love music? Um you know, like you were just always a fan of different bands. Like, what was your what was your reason for it? So I got the idea for starting this show while I was in the while I was in the Philippines, and I won't give you any more explanation. The end. No. Um, while I was there, it was sort of an exchange program for young professionals back in two in two thousand seven, and I got to see how my job was done over there, and this included visiting uh, newspaper offices. Um, going to journalism classes, teaching one actually, kind of randomly, but also going to a couple of radio stations. And I got to be on the air a couple of times and I realized, hey, this is a lot of fun. Maybe I could do it for a living someday. And then I get back and I think a few weeks later, I get an email from the folks over at WCAP in Lowell, which was in, which is the AM station. And uh, they wanted me to come on to just you know, do little, little bits here and there for our local elections. And I love doing it. It was a lot of fun. And I actually wound up doing a show with them for a couple of years. But at that same time, um, I also had the idea of doing a radio show for area musicians. So I lived in Boston for about, for about eight years. At the time I started this, I was still living in the city. Actually, I think I just started roundabouts. Anyway, one of the big complaints I heard from my friends who were in bands was that it was basically impossible to get any kind of media outreach. Unless you were like, you know, a big name band, it was never going to happen. So I thought, well, I want to start a show. This is a good idea, you know, a, a good topic to go with. So I did it. So the show began on a station that I think is still around called Cyber Station USA. As you mentioned, mm -hmm. an online radio station. We record out of uh, studio in Quincy and you know, began by having a, f a first couple of friends, but eventually just kind of branching out and talking to folks that I never met before and uh, kind of off the races. It was started off as about a half hour program grew to be an hour. I had a co-host, so eventually branched out talking to area writers and filmmakers. And it helped that I had a lot of friends already there. So it helped to make those connections pretty quickly. And, and you know, I'm a fairly sociable guy. I like when I meet people. So rush just kind of fell into place. And uh, the problem with these stations, though, is that they are not long for the world. They, they're around for a little bit. They don't want to be profitable and after a few years they're usually gone so in 2018 i've more or less been bouncing around from station to station for a while and i decided well the last one just closed which is wemf and before that it was it was a uh, uh unregular radio and then dig radio for a little bit but wemf was the last one uh they shut their doors i was like all right well i'm tired of this constant hunt so i switched over to being a podcast and uh that's where i am and even then, I mean, that was in 2018? Yeah, yeah. Around the end of 2018 is when I made that switch when the, the station closed its doors in November. I mean, even in 2018, podcasting, I think, was still 
It was, I mean, it, you know, it was out there, but I think it's really just like a very mainstream tool right now that everyone uses. And I think, you know, you've been doing it now for a while. So um, you yeah, said that, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just say, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's definitely, like you said, it's become very much mainstream. Lots of folks have their own shows. It's really easy to do. Mm -hmm. um, but also uh, businesses will start their own podcasts to kind of help branch out and promote what they're doing. So you'll see a lot of companies that have, have their own podcast for whatever it is they do. Yep. Like storytelling. So um, you said that you are now, so you have gone into doing voiceover work. Um, and you said you not narrated, you've narrated some audiobooks, which is pretty cool. Um, can you share the names of the books you've narrated? And, um, like, how did you, how did you cross over from podcasting into narrating audiobooks? And yeah. so I'll answer your second question first. Uh, so okay. I got into this because, uh, over the course of doing the show, I became connected with a group called the uh, Association, the Association of Rhode Island Authors, and my producer at the time was chatting up with my, uh, Mike Osquatrito, who's the president, I believe, right now of the group, and he said, hey, we're looking to do some voiceover work. Would you guys be interested? So we arranged a little, sort of a, a, little, a, little, of a, a little demo, a little uh, audition, as it were, doing a few pages from Mike's uh, fantasy book, which is called, which is called uh, The Overlords. Uh, the Overlords, Legend of the, Legend of the Treasure, four book series, epic fantasy, definitely check it out. And uh, Mike liked what we did, and he uh, said, "Yes, I want you guys to do, to do my audiobook." And from there, I kind of branched out a little more with other members of Aria who want to do some audiobooks. So the three I've published so far, one is called uh, Scoundrels. It's all about uh, true crime and a true like white collar crime in Rhode Island. Um, which is apparently the most the most corrupt state in the country when you consider things like population, size, and so forth. Um, so I, I have released that a couple, three years ago. Um, I also did a book called Wolfish, which uh, you're going to laugh at this one because typically audiobook narrators do all their voices, male, female, different races, different, different ethnicities, everything. So for me, I did male voices i did female voices i did a voice of a colombian woman not kidding mm -hmm. uh, i did children old people you name it so that was a good chance to kind of branch out a little bit and try some new things and the most recent one i put out is called um uh terror in wichita this is another true crime uh book actually by the same author uh, paul Caranzi, who's an awesome guy his books are his books are amazing and this was it's not for the light of heart. It's a true crime, but it's very, very dark. But uh, that's probably been the best one so far, actually. And I'm currently working on a series of books that are sort of a mix of sci-fi and fantasy, and I'm still actually working on the Overlord series as well. So always something in the works. So do you think that you'll stick with this author, or are you branching out to other authors, or...? Yeah, um, I mean, I'll stick with him as long as he wants me, frankly, as long as he wants me to work with him. Absolutely, I will, because he's a, he's a great guy to work with. His books are awesome. They're fairly easy to read, so it's not, you know, like I definitely can, this is a, a kind of book that I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying doing. And, but at this point, I've now worked with uh, uh, four different writers. So, you know, if, if I can get a chance to kind of branch out, take on new projects, absolutely, you know, um, 
you know, so if any listeners out there are looking to work with someone, you know, I'm very open-minded, you know, horror, comedy, drama. I, I mean, this is something that I kind of stumbled into, frankly, never intended to do it. As someone who grew up with a really brutal speech, uh, brutal speech impediment, I never thought I would do this kind of work. So the fact I'm doing it never ceases to shock me, but I love doing it. So as long as I love it, I'll keep doing it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of happy that you brought that up because I, I've always been so proud of you for going into this type of work, knowing that that was an issue, that the speech impediment had been an issue. And, you know, look how far away, like someone with a speech impediment would never be thinking about doing voiceover work or radio. But I, I would imagine because you do this so much, um, you know, I was looking at your website and it, it looks like Citywide Blackout grew that you now have interviewed over 1600 guests and recorded more than 570 episodes with over 2000 fans a month all over the world. So you're clearly doing this a lot. And I would imagine that it just the more you do it, the better that gets. It does. Yeah. And especially with the voiceover work, I try and sort of teach myself and learn a little more um, every time I record and every time I do some recordings. And the thing is, this: I never went to school for this. I never went to school for broadcast journalism or voice work. I've taken a couple classes here and there. But for the most part, I'm entirely self-taught, which is a key thing for folks to keep in mind, because, you know, just because you maybe didn't go to school for this or graduated with it, doesn't mean you can't do it you know if you want to do it go and do it teach mm -hmm. yourself maybe do some classes but never feel like oh i can't do this because mm -hmm. if a guy who was basically pathologically shy and struggled to complete a single sentence can do this anyone can there is no like i i'm at the very bottom here okay in terms of like likelihood to do this so if i can do it you have no excuse to not at least give it a shot especially if there's somebody that really has an interest. You know, that was one of my questions for you was, you know, I my last role, I was a podcast manager. So I was on the other side of the table. Now I'm on this side of the table. So now I'm the one that has to deliver the content and do it right well and all of that and come up with everything. And, um, you know, I guess my question is like, what was the secret to your success? I know like, you know, you overcame sort of a, you know, a roadblock to get to where you are. But I mean, why do you think that you, you know, with all these guests and all these episodes and all these fans, like what was the secret to your success? Uh, success. I think that comes when you, when you get, when you get paid to do this, that hasn't happened yet. Um, but in terms of like what, like what I've accomplished, uh, I don't know. I think it's just a love of the game. I, I love what I do. I really enjoy it. You know, like I joke about, about money, but honestly, that doesn't matter to me. Like I do make money off the audiobook stuff, but the podcasts, you know, these are hard to monetize. But anyway, I mean, I've been doing this for 14 years because I love doing it. It's simple as that. I love doing it. I, I always enjoy it. I, you know, enjoy the folks I speak with. I enjoy talking about what, about what they do. And I think that's why I keep doing it. If I ever get to the point where it's like, oh, this is a slog, this is a, a chore to complete, I will stop and say, I'm either going to take a break or I'm just going to shut down entirely. So that's what keeps it. I think it's what I've, why I've come as far as I've come is a love of the game and a desire to keep doing better. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. I mean, I noticed that 
initially citywide blackout was really bands and then you expanded it to all like a lot of different kinds of creatives um because in essence you were just you know all promotion is good promotion and you know you were giving them a platform to be able to um promote you know their their work mm -hmm. um how long ago did you did you make the move from just bands to everybody else oh that's a good question i have no idea i just <laughs> know i have it at some point i'm gonna say probably around the time i moved on regular radio which i believe was around 2010 because the show was picking up some steam folks were talking about us and because i was smart enough to put the proper co-hosts on the team they also had a lot of connections and between all that you know that's when we started to branch out a little more and start talking to you know filmmakers and writers and it was all strictly within kind of the general boston area because that's was that that's where our, our fan base was we're not gonna right. you know right. talk to someone in like you know nebraska what well, well, wasn't gonna help at the time yeah yeah at the time so before we start to wrap i do want to ask i mean i want to go back to our journalism roots here for a minute and obviously you're still very active and as a journalist what are your favorite types of stories to cover uh, i mean the obvious answer is the arts i love doing art stories whether mm -hmm. it is talking to writers and so forth because that's always been where i shine um but honestly i like i, I would say I, I like other content too though like government stories i'd like to know how how things work and you know, you know, how does this, how does body of government work? How do the how does the whole system work? Business stories because they always have a great story. You know, like what gets someone in starting their their own business, especially you know in the in the in the here and now. Um, you know, uh, you know, breaking news. Yeah, I mean, journalism. We're we're all vultures. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. That's kind of our our our, our mantra. But I do like the excitement of being on the scene when something is happening and being able to to cover it. Yeah, little Macar, but it is uh, what we do. And but so I, I really have a, a love of all the different types of writing. Arts probably is the thing I enjoy the most, but the other the other types of news all have a close place in my heart. So it's not like I could only do this. I can do everything. Right, right. I loved the human interest stories. Um, I hated the um uh fire engine chasing the fire engines um, yeah those stories yeah. i absolutely just despised having to do what were your least favorite types of stories to have probably to actually probably actually the uh the fire police because the same reason it's like hey i'm here to report on this thing hey person who just lost their home that they're living for for 20 years talk to me or hey person who just watched their best friend get you know gunned down or whatever i want to talk to yeah. you yeah do you have a comment like to... yeah get out of my face is my comment <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to feel like a, it's hard not to feel like a scumbag when you when, when you're doing what you're doing i can remember a time i was um really early on i was covering this restaurant that burned to the ground and mm -hmm. someone from one of the tv news i won't say which which one but they're trying to talk to the owner and they were like trying to like hey do you want to talk again and again and again and i'm like dude they don't want to talk the first time they aren't going to talk the other set seven times you ask right so yeah it, it's hard not to feel like you just got an inch tall when you're doing these stories so yeah i always hated those the most there is some excitement to it, but still, it's like, man, I am just, you know, I'm really profiting all off off their pain in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan. 
Well, you know what? That's all the time we have for today. Um, thank you, Max, so much for being on the show. It's so good to see you again. And, um, you know, I just, I really enjoy just, you know, talking shop and, and just hearing all about, you know, where your podcast is going now and, and how it's grown. So I really, really appreciate you sharing that. Hey, no problem. Awesome. Uh, a great, I agree. I'll see you again. Of course, a big fan of everything you're doing with, you know, of course, this new business you're doing and this podcast. I love the sound of it. And uh, yeah. just, you know, keep doing it because you've always had that, you've always had that entrepreneurial spirit and, and energy. So I know that this new venture for you and your, and your husband, of course, is going to go far. Thank you. Thank you, Max. And to our listeners, whether you hear us locally from the BTV studios in Bedford, Massachusetts, or across the globe on such podcast channels as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Amazon Prime, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time. Happy storytelling.